Good morning and welcome to Let's Talk Gardening. It is Sunday, March 15th. Four days till first day of spring. Feels like it out there, for sure. <laughs> mine, mine is 23, I think. Or mine, oh, it's warmed up. Mine is 22. So it's balmy out there now. So, um, so I guess there's a lot of stuff going on in this world. And uh, I guess one thing we can do is uh, we can still garden a little bit inside if we get stuck inside for a couple of weeks or... Or who knows how long? Hopefully, not too much longer than that. Or we'll see what happens and uh, the next thing. But this, obviously, like everyone else is saying, let's all this respect everything that's going on, the situation, and the other people around us. And uh, and you don't need six hundred rolls of toilet paper. There's not a shortage. And I've heard that from lots of people that are in the supply chain. So they just keep bringing it. They're loving it. So, but we don't need to buy buy all that. So. Get some seeds. <laughs> um, one thing you can do is, like I said, you can do a little bit of gardening. Um, we got to try and find things to occupy our time in the next little bit. Hopefully it warms up with all the things closing down. I know the Y. My son goes to the Y to, for the gym and all that stuff. So that's been shut down today. So we got to keep ourselves uh, busy and occupied. And uh, so gardening is something that... Will not be canceled. It's in your house. You can you could garden today, tomorrow, and and all the other days. Uh, and uh, some you can do on your own and talk to your plants. It's good for them. They love the carbon dioxide that comes out of you. So you can do that. And uh, so lots of good things in certain parts of the world. But again, it it is different times that we've. Um, and I don't want to become an, a newscaster, so uh, I don't know enough about all this. I'm just sort of going along like with everybody else and trying to. Uh, Figure it out day by day, and uh, and uh, one thing I was uh, a little disappointed this weekend. My sons and I, I assist and coach um, with Chris and Darren. Um, my son's hockey team, so we won our first playoff game on Thursday night, and then they canceled the rest of the season. We would have done been done this weekend, and unfortunately, that got canceled. And uh, uh, we were we were hitting the zone. They had a first good day, so that was lots of fun. So, but anyways, I totally understand. We safety first, and they gotta do what you can. And I know out at the store at Spruce It Up, we're bleaching in between customers. We we're spraying and wiping down all the areas, and uh, and making sure we're doing everything I can we can to um, have a safe environment and uh, for everybody who does come and visit and. If you are shopping at this time, we, we definitely try to uh, make sure that we're not um, putting anybody at risk or our team at risk as well. So that's very important to us at, at that time as well. So anyways, if you'd like to give me a shout and talk about some gardening, you can call me at 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. Um, already getting a couple texts in. Got a couple here. Um, just sending some pictures in. It's awesome to see some things going on. Um, I would say my cactus just bloomed too, so it's uh, it's in between uh, uh, Christmas, Thanksgiving, or Thanksgiving, Christmas, and Easter cactus. There's sort of the three varieties that bloom at certain times of the year, and uh, you must have the same type. You're just, just blooming very beautifully, just finishing up, similar to mine. It's a little earlier than, because uh, I know they move Easter around, so the plants don't follow that. They just follow the normal 
whatever time they get. And uh, But you have a f- quite a few bloom, and they look awesome. Whoever sent me that text, I don't think there was a name on there. Up in Didsbury. Been blooming since Novoli. Been blooming since November. Has more buds now than I can cut back when it's finished blooming. Also, can Merle cut me a break on fertilizer? I buy four bags at a time. Lynn from Didsbury. Yeah, come and come and see me. Hey, you never know. Um, it's a long. Every road does lead to Spruce It Up, even from Didsbury. So come on by and uh, and she must be talking about the um, Green It Up fertilizer. Absolutely. And it is that season, and we're uh, getting ready for spring here. It'll, it, one thing in Calgary, and in this, ever, as we all know, it it changes so fast. Like today, it's minus twenty three. Tomorrow's plus four. Like that's a difference of thirty degrees. Like most people don't ever um, experience that kind of uh, um, fluctuation in temperature in in within a week. <laughs> but in Calgary, that's a normal thing. I, I still like to remember when, uh, what's his name? That, uh, the guy off of the Titanic. <laughs> I can't remember his name right now. What's his name, Matt? Do you remember? The actor from Titanic. The young guy. DiCaprio. Yeah, DiCaprio. <laughs> I don't know. I just watched him in that Hollywood movie, too. It was pretty good. But anyways, I uh, when he was here, he said that uh, he experienced a weather phenomena. The weather went from plus 5 or minus 10 to plus 10 Celsius. Well, that's it. That's every day. That's how it is. So, <laughs> and, uh, and in Calgary, that's how we that's how we roll here. It's uh, it does change. And actually, I was talking with my son. We we're um, cruising around. And actually, a friend of mine's opened up a new pizza place uh, in the Cross Iron Mills there. So, if you're looking for a new pizza, fresh slice out there in Cross Iron Mills, great. Great, great pizza. So we were up there for the grand opening and uh, a little slower. It was pie day yesterday, so I had to have a little piece of pizza. It was good. So if you're up there, try it out. It's great. Great. Let's go to the phone lines. We're going to talk to Christina. Good morning, Christina. Morning. How are you today? I am well. How are you? I'm doing good. Yeah. Great. Yeah. I just have a question about germinating seeds. Like, though, I want to start some flowers like sweet peas and stuff and yep. the sweet peas is the only one that actually mentions to help them by slicing the seed and yeah, they're a harder shell so a lot of your harder shell ones are like that you can soak them or or um you know and, and do that ahead of time or split them scarify them some people say you um you put a piece of sandpaper fold it over on both sides and then you put your seeds in a like a sandwich bag right and you shake them, and it scarifies them. Like, it just scratches the, the edges of the seeds for some of them to just help open them. A lot of times, just soaking them. Um, sweet peas um, benefit quite a bit with the inoculant as well. Okay. So uh, so how do you know which ones to soak them? Well, uh, most of them, uh, again, um, typically if you're going to a garden center, chatting with the people where you're buying them. Um, most of the time, they should be able to help you. A lot of times, the, the seeds, um, the packages, if they're good quality seeds, will have um, half-decent um, sort of directions on the ones. A lot of them are, well, you'll know too, like when you open the seed and it's a real hard shell, a lot of your perennials are really hard like that. They're they're tough to do. And actually, you know what? We're going to have the expert on here. She's calling in right now. She overheard us mention sweet peas. 
And I think her alarm bell goes off. So uh, I'm just going to bring Diana on the line. She's the expert from down at Bailey Hills Greenhouse. And uh, we'll see what she has to say. Good morning, Diana. Good you're, you're, morning, Merle. Your, your ears are ringing. Yeah, well, I'm sorry to do this to you. No, hey. I've been waiting for a mention about you. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I, somebody's going to ask about Absolutely, them no, but I'd rather, hey, you do more sweet peas than anybody, so there's no better person to give us advice on sweet peas than oh, the well, sweet pea you. queen herself. Thank you. I now have, like, 400 pots in my spare room because they were out in the greenhouse for a while, and then, of course, at this temperature, I can't eat a greenhouse. So. Yeah, I've seen that on your uh, on your Facebook page. I follow you. So if anybody's looking to follow Diana on Facebook or she's on Bailey Hills Greenhouses. That, well, thank you. Yes. All right. So I have Christina on the line. She's just asking about like sweet peas and starting them. And should you should you try to crack it? Should you cut open the seed or? um, The first thing is is really the Sweet Pea Society in England has found that more peas die like crazy from being soaked for too long. So if you (laughs) do want to soak them, you know, do it for a couple of hours max. Um, and scarifying them, like, I think actually a nail file works really good, but you've got to be really careful not to, you know, take half the seed with you kind of thing. Right. Um, it does help, especially with seeds from California, because it's so hot down there, they get dried out too quickly, and they get, like, little little things of concrete, so it's a very good idea. Just uh, I just rub them with a little bit of a nail file sometimes. Okay. These are from England, actually. Mr. Fothergill's or something? Oh, they're excellent seeds. I love Mr. Fothergill's. You know what? Just soak them for just a couple of hours. Stick them in something that's going to give them some nice deep root growth because they need to put their roots down like at least four to six inches. Sort of a cylinder type pot. Don't go to real wide pot. You want a deep pot, like narrower and deep pot, like a cylinder type, like a... Think a a styrofoam tall (coughs) coffee cup. Right, Okay is ideal and keep them cool because they're going to have difficulty germinating if you keep them over 15 degrees. Okay. If they like to be cool, if if you put it, you know, put a nice bit of heat under them and, you know, 18 to 20 degrees, they're just going to go completely dormant. I have the house that can accommodate that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but just, yeah, just don't have them right in the window. Like, uh, and lots of, we, we're still... Uh, I guess for your own house, are we a little bit early, Diana, to start, or are we about... If you've got somewhere cool to put them, this is an ideal time to start. Yeah. It's just sometimes you get going, if you don't have the spot for them in that cool spot, um, they can get long and lanky, and they kind of, they don't do well in the house. Like, they need to be out. They love that cool air, and... That's it. Do Do not put them in the front of your living room window, you know, on a warm, sunny day. Right. Absolutely going to hate it. So I've saved a whole bunch of yogurt containers. Like, do they, like, does uh, hollyhock <clears throat> and, like, sunflower need the the depth? Um, oh, hollyhocks and sunflower. The sunflowers do for sure because they, yeah. they grow quite quick. Um, So those ones you want to put into, I'd even start seeding them right into a six-inch pot. Okay. Because um, you don't want to go too small with those or you or you'll just have to transplant them fairly quickly. Right. Um, and the hollyhocks, they're going to take a little bit longer to germinate. Um, they're one of those perennials that has a little bit harvest and they just take a little bit. Are you doing the, are you talking the perennial one or the, there is an annual one as well? 
this one says uh, biennial. Okay, so that seeds itself. So what they do is, so those ones that when they come up, they drop the seeds in the ground, and they kind of supposed to reseed themselves. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Well, All right. Thank you. Okay. Well, good good luck with your sweet peas. <laughs> thank you. What kind do you have? I'm curious. Um, they say an everlasting mix. Um, oh, now you've got a perennial mix, I think. Oh, yep. It's a perennial mix. Okay. Yeah. In, in same rules apply. Just, yeah, it's not bad. I don't. You don't get quite as nice show though, do you, Diana? And off you those. don't get any scent. That's why I grow. So, I do always grow some every year because somebody will want some, but they're not my favorite because they, you know, they can put on quite a show if they're happy where they are. Right. Um, what's quite a good idea if you've got a whole packet of seeds is, you know, wait for a while, put some outside, like sow them outside. If the, if those perennial ones are not happy where they are, they just won't survive. Okay. And sometimes they're just very picky. You know, you'll have a spot picked out for them and think, oh, I want them there. And if they, they're picky, they might say, oh, I don't like it here. So, Diana, we should maybe do, I know a couple of years ago, we should maybe work something out in May, one of the, May on the long weekend where we set up a little spot for you to come and sell some of your, your up here in Calgary for our listeners, maybe set up a, a table, and you can come up, and we'll sell your uh, sweet peas for you if that works out. Maybe that this... would absolutely be fabulous. Yes, yeah, it would be, and lovely, and talking to people. And absolutely, people no. And, let's you know. let's look at doing that for sure this year, Diana. So, but Christina, I, I think um, so. What you got there is the perennial one. So, but if you're really looking for those really nice bright colors, the fragrant, you might want yeah. to just. Uh, I know we have like 20 different varieties. We have lots of sweet pea different varieties in the store, or you can wait till May when Diana comes down to spruce it up and, and you can buy some of hers that already started. But you might want to look at getting some of the annual varieties. Oh, okay, good. Um, Merle, last year you had Janet Scott. I think it was Northwest Seeds yeah. or something. And that's a lovely antique one, fabulous smell, absolutely wonderful pea. Okay, um, right on. All yeah, right. look for the old-fashioned ones. Old-fashioned, okay. And you say that Mr. Father and Gills is good. There I is like th Mr. Father Gills. Most of their seeds are excellent. They have a really good... We don't get the full range that you can get in England, which is a pity. If you right. go on the computer, you can find all kinds of things that Father Gills do, but just not in North America, right. which is a bit right. disappointing. But, no, excellent seeds, very good seeds. Yeah, it's they're... Not. Perfect. Thanks. I live south of Calgary. I wish I was next door to you guys, but All right. I would be there every day. Okay. Well, you're, you may take a drive down to Dan, or if you if you happen to come near Calgary, stop in. We're on, right on the south side, so. Right on. Thanks. Thanks, Christina. Okay. Thank bye -bye. you very much, Meryl. Bye, bye, Diana. Okay. Bye. Bye. -bye. All right. And I need to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening, and uh, I'm Merle Coombs, and if you'd like to join me, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255, or 1-800-563-7770. Um, i got lots of text to go through here, but if you'd like to give me a shout, there's some spots on there. Um, got a beautiful picture from Dorothy, she said, my mom bought this last Sunday from you, look what happened. 
it is a, it's another variety of the of the Easter cactus. And these ones I really I don't know the exact name right now, um, but just beautiful, big, wide open um, flowers. They almost look like the orchid cactus. Um, beautiful. And uh, thanks for the tips on the sweet peas. My best friend's mom in my early child recently passed. She always had sweet peas, and I love them. So I think it'd be wonderful to grow them this year. I love sweet peas too because they're one of those ones that give you that memory. Um, they are in the back, which is is pretty cool. I um um and a lot of the we're even seeing it in the house plants. Some of the really popular ones are the ones that are sort of the tried and true, like the sense of area, the mother's long tongue, mother-in-law tongue, um, pothos, splitly philodendron. Like for a long time, those ones were just kind of eh. And, but now they become totally, um, really, really popular. And they're, cause they're tried and true. They're great plants. Um, and once you start getting some plants in your house, it, it is a bit addicting. I can see how it's taken off. I'm starting to get a few more in my house. And, and do you think I'm being in the business? I would do it all the time. But I kind of drifted off as well, like everybody else for a bit. But now I've just sort of gotten back into it and, and in my office, I got the collection of the sense of areas and I got the shark fin and the whale fin. And I did a transplant. I had the, and the sense of areas, if you have those, uh, once they, when they set up babies, uh, you'll see them set up ones that'll start coming up around them. And when they get about six inches out of the soil, you can just pop the whole pot of the soil and sort of be gentle, pull the soil away from the root, and then you can just slice it right off. Like you can create, it has its own, it creates like a big tuber. So you can just put that right into another pot and then go ahead with, uh, and that into another pot. Cause those are a little bit rare. So you can share them with a friend or, or whatever have you. So it's kind of cool when you start getting in that kind of stuff. And I'm going to go to Neil on the phone line here. Good morning, Neil. Good morning. How can I help you? Just um, curious. My wife and I had this discussion for a number of times. Never really found anything uh, that we could read up on. Is regarding, um, like we have a wood stove, airtight wood stove. Yeah. And the ashes from that, is it beneficial at all for the garden or for compost? Um, I, I really, I guess you have to be really careful what type of wood you're using as well. Because I've read right. numerous things. Some say it's great. Some say it's not so good. Um, I, it really depends if you're, if you're using a pressure treated wood, then obviously it's not good no, or certain, no, certain no. trees aren't great. I can look at, cause I know that this whole charcoal thing has come really back in as well. Like I know it's very right. beneficial. We put charcoal in the, in the bottom of our pots and things like that. Um, so I, I think it really depends on the, on the type of, uh, of wood that you're burning. Right. So, okay. which makes sense. I mean, if pressure treated that's not good for anything no but if you're burning birch and stuff like that yeah. I, I i think it's it's totally fine right i think and again it's it's a little bit of something is good don't overdo not it too much. yeah and that's what people do and they get this fresh manure and they fill the whole garden with uh, <laughs> like truckloads of, oh it's free and fill up and but then everything burns and it takes two years to to calm it down all that nutrients right, right. so a yeah. little bit of it is probably fine um, but Everything in moderation. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Okay. I appreciate your uh, your answer, sir. Yep. Thank you, Neil. Thanks for calling in. Yep. Have a great day. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.
All right, got to take a break for the news. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs. If you'd like to join me, phone lines are open, 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. And right now I'm going to go to the phone lines, and we have Natasha. She's calling in from the Calgary Hort Society. Good morning, Natasha. Good morning, Merle. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm not too bad, thank you. That's good. We're all... uh, it's day by day right now for a while and see how things go and it's all we can do. Absolutely, absolutely. And that's exactly the <clears throat> the approach we're taking. Uh, we're being very, very cautious. Yep. Obviously, we offer classes. Um, we have big events coming up. And, of course, more importantly, we we partner with so many people. And so we're we're very cautious about, about how we, we look at the next week, two weeks, month no, even. Absolutely. Yeah. No, they, I know they canceled like, the auto show this weekend and and all the other stuff. So, And you guys have your show coming up. It is. It's something that is right forefront for you guys on that decision making right mm. it certainly is it certainly is um you know amongst the many events that we're even participating in um is cd saturday of course is canceled yep. aggie days is canceled well i say cd saturday saturdays it runs every saturday and sunday at uh, all the local garden centers so oh, and how true is this <laughs> yeah you how have cd saturday that? and sunday so go hit your local independent garden center get your good seeds and uh away you go yeah, you bet, you bet. And who knows what you're going to discover as far as seed providers out there. Um, of course, I was at your store, and, and once again, you know, you have local guys that maybe a lot of people have never even heard of. I've, I've really tried to work hard on that. And the, the last one I brought in is the Pacific West uh, Heritage Seeds yes. out of Vernon. Um, gorgeous, uh, great selection. And they're hitting a different price point. I was very impressed with their price point in compared... Um, they are less than the West Coast seeds and the Wild Rose Heritage seeds that we carry. Mm-hmm. Um, again, this is a local company. Um, they um, they don't um, spend a ton of money on some of the stuff up front for us, ease of ordering, like uh, like for us for their website and stuff. But the seeds are phenomenal. They're all number mm-hmm. one grade, great packaging. And again, their price and they're local. Um, someone asked me about a big national brand and a lot of times those are, they're lower quality seeds out of the United States. So I, again, I'm trying to support Canada wherever I can, Western Canadian. And, uh, and it, it, that's very important to me. Like I, I, I do have, uh, a Canada flag tattooed on my butt. I'm okay with that though. <laughs> Amazing. Yep. Thank you. But thank you. No, I, I think it's greatly appreciated that, that, and again, that's something that a local grower or a local garden center will be able to offer you. Absolutely. Um, that a big box store simply won't. And I, so absolutely. And I tried to talk to even like with Diana, like she does, she's an independent grower down south um, with, she's a specialist in the, in the sweet peas. So I'm going to give her a venue and and I, I want to maybe talk to that Tim, the guy with all the tomato seeds I've seen on, because he's kind of stuck with a whole bunch of tomatoes uh, right now. Tim, That's right. Um, up in Airdrie. So I was going to reach out to him if he is listening or someone 
reach out to me. I wouldn't mind giving you a little bit of a venue. Maybe we can help you get some seeds or some of your tomatoes moved. Because it's hard when you prepare for a uh, an event such as CD Saturday or whatever, and he has all this stuff ready to go. And all of a sudden, now, now what do I do with all these tomatoes? Exactly, exactly. And what a wonderful offer to be able to um, reach still these the same vendors and so on, but perhaps in a different way. Yeah, so we have a little awesome. smaller. We're not, uh, um, there's not 200 people crammed into one spot. <laughs> so, but those are all things that are our reality for right now, right? We have yeah. to all pay attention and and gardening is something that people are going to hopefully look at doing a bit. We got to have something to occupy our time, and that's something where you guys come into play. We can give information out and uh, and I go must. from there. A must. And so that's that's exactly right. We are moving forward. We are cautiously, of course, moving forward. Um, although we are very realistic about the larger um, uh, venues and, and, and events and so on, uh, we still very much believe in smaller classes and still being able to offer, uh, cautiously offer some of our classes well, you, uh, to the public. You get a lot of that when you, uh, if you have Cass Smythe given a course, and it almost feels one-on-one, which is actually really quite nice. That's right, because we do keep our most of our class uh, sizes under 20 participants, which is such a big deal. That's almost one-on-one, um, like in, yeah. a, in a realistic way. Like if you have an experienced instructor like Kath, who she can reach those people really quite easily, you spend a bit of time with those two or three, those, like, right. and she, she reads the room very well. She's very that's good right. at that type of thing. So That's right, that's right. And I think, again, it is about mindfulness. The fact is, is whether you're, you have a cold, whether you have a flu, whether you have anything... Uh, fact is, just stay home. It's yep. okay. Um, work with us. We'll we'll talk about how we can get your your cost back and so on. It's really it's okay to to just say well, maybe not today uh, because we will be offering more as we come along. Uh, springtime is upon us. Uh, maybe not this weekend, but you know it is it is upon us. And so really, you know, we'll be more flexible as to maybe we we take things outside and we will really try and work with people um, to try. And, and and get us through. We've got to get Mother Nature to, uh, to uh, cooperate with, with you. Yeah, you bet, you bet. And minus twenty is not quite cooperating with us. But and I haven't looked into there. it. I just wonder if the if the cold help does it help subside the the virus at all or Who knows? if Who it knows? yeah i'm not the right no, person to be no me either i have no sadly. idea no yeah. i was just curious because man it's cold. <laughs> If it can survive this, that's nasty. <laughs> yeah. That's right. So, again, like I said, uh, the, the garden show per se is, is five weeks away. Um, we're, we're, we're really fortunate to be working with the city of Calgary. And, yep. of course, they have their own guidelines that we're going to be abiding by. Yep. Um, and so when the decision needs to be made on whether uh, we go ahead or not, obviously we're going to be working with our partners to make the right decision moving forward. So we're not, we're really not um, um, getting too excited, uh, but we're being careful. Yep. Uh, so you are still doing some of your smaller classes. They're going to continue on for the next bit. Absolutely. We have the Design Your Yard that is coming up once again. That is very much one-on-one, smaller class size. If that's what you're, you'd like to do, get yourself, uh, if you're healthy and happy, you want to get yourself out there. We have both Cranston and Pine Ridge coming up at the end of the month, at the very end of the month. Where's the uh, one at Cranston? 
uh, at their community center. Oh, nice. And so, yeah, and so it'll be it'll be a great opportunity. Uh, it's a you know new neighborhood. If you've got a new property, you're not sure what you're going to do with that. Uh, let's start planning. It's a it's a great way to to start planning your landscaping. Um, and so and 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 again, very small class size, which is really meant on purpose because you need to learn. And so the one on one is really there for both those classes, both Pine Ridge and Cranston coming up. And of course, we'll have more coming um, as the season continues. Yes, absolutely. All righty. Thank you. All Thank right. You thanks, Natasha. Really appreciate it. Natasha. Always. And uh, you can reach you guys online at uh, calhort.org. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. We've got to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Prune It Up, Calgary's trusted ISA certified tree care company. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. And lots of texts, and I got a few phone calls. I better go all the way. We're going to go to Megan. Good morning, Megan. Hi, good morning, Merle. How are you doing? I'm good today. How are you? Very good. How can I help yeah. you? Um, okay, well, I was wondering because I have this... Um wildflower mix yep and um you probably had this question before but i, I want to give it away to some people actually as a gift for for my wedding yep. and i'm wondering if they would be invasive these flowers like are they um depends what brand you get like uh, sometimes you will get um uh, some of the invasive varieties in there because they're going to grow quickly right so it depends right, on yep. and some things are considered invasive in other areas, like I know yeah. the the wait, we have about eight or nine different varieties of wildflowers in our okay. store, like with the West Coast and then also the Pacific ones as well. So we okay. have we have quite a selection of that um, okay. different. But I know there is um, like if you're buying them at the dollar store, I probably wouldn't do that if that's yeah, all. That's- them actually so it says okay it's, and not it says it's a sunny area mix and then i tried to look up the names but there's so many and it's it's like you know it's, it's the technical name so i was doing a lot of research there and then i have family from california from winnipeg so i'm looking up their laws that was crazy so yeah um, I, so we like i said in the ones like we have one that's called the rocky mountain mix we have a pacific okay. coastal mix we have a butterfly mix so we have a, okay. a variety of of seeds that if you did want to do something, you could pull them out of the seed packs and create your own little personal um, bags and personalize it a bit. I think you might want to do that. Would that be safe to like give to people that live like in California or England or whatever? I I, I have to look it up. I think so. You're talking three or four seeds. But again, certain right now, I know bringing any kind of seeds or plant material into Canada You have to be very careful. So, That's yeah, no, too. you're probably yeah. going into other countries. Probably not on on some <laughs> things. There's probably some sort of certification. They're supposed to go through a FIDO yeah, and certified. Yeah. Um, but again, just dealing with, and you got to remember at the dollar store too, we are dealing with cheap, right? Yeah, I know. Like I grew them last year, and they turned out really pretty. Yeah, but they no, they're very... seeds, and they're going to grow. But you just, I, I, I would venture to guess that most of them are a fairly invasive or just uh-huh. a annual brand. So yeah. So again, just uh, yeah. 
Use with caution. Maybe yeah, and there. without <laughs> seeing all the names, I can't say. I just know what I've seen, yeah. and and uh, and some of the varieties you'll see on there. Um, there is, if you go to Alberta, if you just Google Alberta Invasive Species, Plant Species, okay. it's actually quite a good website. It'll tell you a, a okay. whole bunch of things that are listed on there that uh, are considered yeah. invasive species. So if you see, okay. any, see any of those on those seed packs. Um, yes. Do a little research then. You've confirmed my, my caution then. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, there's lots of other great... Um, little mementos that you can give to people that uh, um, that to 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 have the memory of your day, right? Might so. not ruin their natural habitat. Yeah, well, I was thinking because the name, <clears throat> our, my last name's going to be Wild, so that was oh. the, the kick. <laughs> oh, awesome! Well, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. Well, um, well I, I hope you have a time. I hope you have a wild time. <laughs> <laughs> I will do. Thank awesome. you so much, Merle. Thanks, Megan. Bye bye. Okay, bye. That's that's pretty awesome, and it is kind of neat you, you, when you we've all been to weddings and things like that where we get a lot of requests for some people want to buy spruce tree seedlings or trees or um, all kinds of different flowers and uh, and it's it's always interesting to kind of what uh, what people do with that when they get home like do they actually grow them do they you know let me know if you've uh, received one if you've grown. Uh, a tree from a wedding 10 years ago. Do you have a picture of the tree? It'd be kind of cool to see. And I'm going to take a quick break, Matt. And uh, when we get back, we'll hit the phone lines, Marty and Mary. And I got a few texts to go through. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770-CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm going to go to the phone lines. I'm going to chat with Marty. Good morning, Marty. Hi, Merle. How are you? Good, good. How can I help you? Uh, Merle, quick question. Uh, We have Grotans, and we start our uh, geraniums, uh, some flowers, vegetables. We have kale growing in it this year, and it's doing quite well. Can we cut the tops off it? Because it seems to be a little bit ahead of progress. Can we cut the tops off Yeah, and just cool them off. Like, they don't don't want to get too... They don't like it getting too warm either. They're one of those ones, like uh, Diana was talking earlier about, Sweet peas, yep. certain plants, and same with lettuce, a few of these ones, if it gets too hot, too warm, they, they'll bolt on you. And turn the heat off the bottom if you still have any heat on the bottom of them. Um, once they get up and going, you kind of want to slow that down. Okay, so, but can we cut them at all? Yeah, you can just, just trim them off the top. Yep, just we pinch can. them back. Yep. Okay, and um, lemon trees. You guys sell lemon trees out yep. to it up. Can I put a, I can't put them in the house because we have film on our windows. Can I put them on the west-facing deck, or is that too hot for them? Um, no, I put mine outside all summer. Oh, you do, eh? Yeah, and then I bring it inside um, for the winter. Okay. Um, even with the film, you could probably still survive for the winter. Because they always kind of go a little bit dormity in winter. They can, sometimes they lose a few leaves, and depends. If yours don't let in any UV, it might be hard. But you can also, there's lots of great full-spectrum light bulbs. Yeah, we bought some from you. They seem to work quite well. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, and it's really good for you as well. So it's, uh, it's good for people. Okay. And, and the, the, the uh, what would you call it, green it up fertilizer for the grass. Yeah. What are the numbers on that? 1632. So, and the reason I we, we provide that one, or and I, I made it, is it's it's really hard. Like our soil is really hard and clay, right? Um, so, what the middle number does is for the roots. Okay. So, it really 
develops and Kentucky bluegrass, which is 95% of the the grass that we all grow in Calgary, um, actually has is fairly drought tolerant with the right root system. So what it does, it creates a really nice thick root system. um, So you water probably half as much as you would normally. And it chokes out a lot of the weeds. Like a like a bluegrass is really quite invasive, so it'll it'll choke out dandelions and and the quack grass and stuff like that. So when you get it healthy, it'll actually start choking out a lot of that other stuff. So when I apply that, I don't need to water it in, or no, no, just as long as you don't put it on real real heavy. Yeah. Just just follow the directions. Um, it's a heavier application in the spring, uh, medium in the summer, and then lower in the fall. Three applications. And uh, that you'll be amazed at how well it works. Have you it, heard of anything called milorganite? Yep. Is that any good? It's a hum, It's made from human waste. Right. Yep. It, it's good. I know a lot of golf courses use that. It's a different one. Um, I, I heard it's a good fertilizer. Um, I don't carry it, and I haven't really carried it. It's one of those ones where it's there's too much explanation in it. Okay. <laughs> my, so, yeah, my neighbor has shown me it, and I've never used. I'm just curious. What yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, I think you'll do great with the green it up. Okay. I, I, I do know some um, golf courses have gone that way in a bit in the past. It's drifted off. I don't. It's not as popular. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, I'll come and try some of that green it up. You'll be very happy. Appreciate it. Thanks, Mark. All right. Thank you. Bye bye. All right. And where are we at for time? Let's go to Mary. Good morning, Mary. <laughs> You sound lonely. <laughs> <laughs> no, now that you're here, it's perfect. Oh, eh? well, that's good, because I have a little saying for you. Okay. Oh, gardeners, we never die. We just go to seed. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> anyway, talking about seed, Yep. don't buy that junk at the junk store. No, there's... It doesn't it, work. No, wildflower well, they, stuff. Yeah, some Don't of it will come up. plant that stuff. No, it's, it's a lot of it is just the cheap weed seed. Oh, and, it's just a wreck. I yeah. put it on a hill once out here 50 years ago, and I had to take uh, Roundup and kill it. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then somebody said, well, Mary, you didn't cover yourself good. Maybe it'll kill you, but I'm still here. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> anyway, enjoy Matt. Yeah. Matt's a good guy. He's got an infectious laugh like me. Yes, yeah. he does. A- anyway, you take care. Thanks, Mary. Yeah, Thanks for calling. Nice this, this you, how Diana. much snow did you get out there? Huh? How much snow did you get out there? Ooh, 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 lots, lots, yeah? lots. I've had the place plowed out twice. Yeah. yeah. We, we didn't well, get, we, we get a lot of wind. Yeah, it drifted, eh? It drifted quite bad, but that's good. It covered all my stuff by the grass and... All around the trees, and we need it. Doesn't hurt. No, as we for head summer, into this warming, spring comes as far as I'm concerned. As, yeah, absolutely. When we head into this warming time right now, yeah, it's the perfect time. We got to look at doing some snow farming, yeah, and pushing the snow up against your trees. Yeah, that's um, what I've been doing. Too. Shrub yeah. beds and stuff like that, on the house, yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, it's really good. It's good. It's good moisture. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah that's what I tell everybody. Somebody said, "Well, go to." Go to BC. You don't have to shovel it. And I said, No, I'll stay home in Alberta. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Thanks, Talk Mary. To you later. Have a good one. Yeah. Bye. Now. Bye. 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 All right. And I got to take a quick break. You're listening to uh, Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. 
Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs. If you'd like to join me, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. And I'm going to go to the phone line and chat with Ken. Good morning, Ken. Good morning. How are you doing? Good, good. I um, yeah, I got your text. Um, you have a pothos that sort of looks like it's uh, not doing so well. No. Well, we went away on holidays at Christmas for two yeah. weeks. Yeah. We watered everything before we left, like yeah. we always do, and we came back. And my wife, we had she had used a fertilizer that my daughter had given us. We're not really sure what it is. Okay. But it was very old. I think it was after the fact. I think I, I figured out it was about five or six years old. Yeah. Well, most of them fertilizers okay unless it was used when the plant was really dry. You could have fried the the roots on it. Um, so, cause typically, and I, we, I try to talk about this a fair bit whenever I do any kind of fertilizing of my plants or any plants, water always first, get the soil moist and then you fertilize. Cause then that way you don't waste a fertilizer either. And it does go through and it also, um, prevents a lot of burning. Cause sometimes if you put this, that like the full strength fertilizer right on the roots, sometimes there's a, it, you can burn that way. Okay. Well, right now all the new growth is just turning black and dying. Yeah, I'm just sort of leaves, the green leaves have all curled up. Um, what I would do, I would recommend you take that pot, bring it down into the sink. Is there is there drainage holes in it? Yeah, I, I, yeah, there is, and I did that. We we soaked it for half an hour. To yeah, fill, just, fill the sink right up. Yeah, give it a good flushing. But I mean, I just put it in, let it drain out the bottom, fill it up again, let it drain out the bottom, and then just put it in a, a brighter, sunny spot. And you might want to cut it back at this time, like maybe cut a third off of it. Just okay. so it's not trying to revive all that foliage at one time. That's a good idea. Yeah, it's just taking a lot of its energy. So um, I just had another picture of a Christmas cactus. It's very similar, and it was 30 years old. It's just kind of weird how these old plants will sometimes do that. Um, but that's all I can think is maybe the roots got burnt um, or just maybe too dried and it just got... Because um, it, it looks like it's symptoms of dryness. Yeah. Um, so I think I would just take a third off the top, okay. which won't hurt it. It'll grow back just as quick. And um, I and not necessarily fill the sink. That works out good, but I would flush it out a couple of times like this. Um, okay. And see what see what that does. Let me know, Ken. I'm kind of curious. Okay. We'll do that. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye. And I did get a text, um, like I said, I was regarding that Christmas cactus. And I'd sent in, uh, and it almost looked like it got sunburned or frozen. Like it looks like, I don't know if it was too close to the wind. Like um, it's hard to say. It's kind of, it went really um, opaque, sort of. I was just wondering if that pot has a drainage hole. I see you have a towel underneath it um, on the pitcher. I would just, again, maybe cut a bit off it, but I'd just put it into, if you could just water it thoroughly, give it a good thorough watering and uh, and see what that does. Or if it's been in that same soil for a long, long time, I would pull it out, separate some of those, or put them all into one new big pot and, and start fresh like that and, uh, and see if that'll help because it just, it's kind of weird. Like, There's both very similar pictures to... Uh, to that so anyways that's uh what i would try it said should i change pots yeah that's what I, yeah no holes yeah definitely 
um, ch- change the pots, get one um, with some drainage holes in it. That way you can give it a good thorough watering or, yeah, that's, it's really important. And we, we've worked really hard trying to find, um, we have a, we probably have the largest selection of pots in town. Um, and, and sometimes when you get into this newer decor age, trying to find ones with, um, drainage holes is sometimes a little more difficult. So, um, but we, we've definitely, a lot of our suppliers, a lot of the people we work with are trying to, um, give us the decor look with the practicality of proper drainage holes that are good for the plants, things like that. So anyways, and I got a text here. It says, good morning. Um, the mice, we had mice chew off the bark of our choke cherry trees. Is there anything we can do to save them? No, these ones are pretty much, um, chewed pretty bad and a lot of that comes from if the snow was piled up against the tree um and because on the ones i can just look in in the picture they've been chewed right to the cambium layer so when i say pile up the trees or snow up to the trees not right up against the bark pulled away from the bark of the tree keep it piled around the root system because what happens they use it like a little parkade and they just they fall around the the snow, they dig a little tunnel all the way around the, the trunk of your tree and they just chew it off. So, And that's what they've done to this choke cherry. And uh, so I would, and it looks like it's a, but they've gone right down to the bottom. So on this one, you might want to just cut it right off at the bottom and it'll send up a ton of suckers out of the bottom of that. So just go ahead and do that and uh, and it'll revive that way. If you could do that, that would be awesome. And where are we at? We need a couple phone calls. So if you'd like to join me, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. And, uh, and not that this is going to be a cure or anything, but um, some of the things we you eat and what you're doing in your in your home. So we'll talk about some of the, the herbs that maybe help with some of the antiviral things like that, that you can grow, that you can make some nice tea, things like that, just to help... Uh, Keep, help keep us a little bit healthier wherever possible because I think we're gonna all going to be doing a little bit of staycation in for a while. And uh, so if we can grow a few things that are beneficial that we can eat and uh, drink some nice fresh tea, things like that, I think will be pretty awesome. So, And I got a picture. Someone was asking me, they have this large tree and it's starting to bend over at the top. Yeah, it, it, I'm just looking at the picture of your spruce tree. It looks... A gorgeous tree. It's it's just bending at the top, um, I, and I don't know really why. It's kind of it is kind of weird. It, it's almost what I'm thinking is maybe the top got broken off at one time, <clears throat> just in the last couple of years. Like maybe you did get um, when the new growth came up, a uh, big bird. Like a lot of times, a big crow or something will land, land on the top of those, and it just breaks them off. And it looks like it sort of sent off a side branch. It looks like the top got broken off. It's sort of without seeing it totally close. That would be my guess of what happened to your spruce tree there where it's leaning. So it's not really leaning. It's sort of just the center got taken out and it, it, it just looks like it's uh, it's growing um, sideways because it totally hasn't moved on the base. It's a gorgeous, big, wide spruce tree. Looks awesome. Anyways. Um, I'm going to take a quick break. 
What do you think, Matt? Take a break. And uh, when we get back, if you'd like to join me, phone lines are wide open and the text 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770-CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs. And if you'd like to join me, phone lines are open, 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. I'm going to go to the phone lines right now. I'm going to chat with David. Good morning, David. Good morning. How are you? Good, good. How can I help you? So uh, last fall, after the freeze, a friend of mine was coming back through Amsterdam and brought a bunch of tulip bulbs. Yeah. But, of course, too late to plant them. So yep. I put them in my cold storage in the basement. Yep. And I have a greenhouse. So I'm wondering, should I? when should I plant them? Actually, and- you could plant them right now. If they've gone through that cold vernalization period, like if they've kept them in a nice, cool place, um, yep. then you can put them, I would plant them up right now, and then you can enjoy them in the pot spring and then soon as they're just finishing up blooming hopefully and that it's warm enough where we can where you can get into the soil outside if you want to at that time you can just plant them outside they'll die back do their thing and then they should come up next spring so how many in a pot let's say there's like a a 10 inch pot i'd put five in there four or five five and depends how big the bulbs are yeah they're like size of a like I don't know like more than an inch long okay yeah probably four or five if you five in there's good one in the center and then four each corner some like that okay. that might be a little bit tight but if you want um you could go three if you want okay. to either one and how deep in the soil um you probably want to go two inches two inches down okay yep. And how often do I water it? At first, you don't want to keep it really, really wet. That's the thing. Like you want to put it in a fairly bright spot. I just keep it evenly moist. Let it water. Like the first couple times, water it thoroughly. And then just let it dry out in between waterings. And then just water right through so the water comes out the bottom again. And then just put it back in the sunny spot. And that's how it is with most plants. Like, like uh, sometimes it's harder to move your big indoor plants and things like that. Right. But most plants prefer like nothing really likes to stay wet um it causes mildew fungus gnats root rot all most plants really enjoy water them thoroughly let them dry out in between waterings and uh and then they're gonna do well Uh, you can never go wrong system so it's like i need to sort of program it right so like give it like five minutes and then wait two days yeah, and but those are that's where it's tough, like especially in the winter time, right? Yeah. Um, it, I I would only if you could just do it manually, maybe turn the timer off unless you you absolutely have to use the timer. I would just water when you need it. Again, okay. it's just um, I, I don't want I never like especially in, when you're dealing in the house. Um, just to say, because it's Tuesday, it's time to water. It's definitely not like you just right. water when it dries out. It might be Wednesday, Thursday, or it might be Monday if we had a real warm day and if we have it right out in the sun. So, yeah, okay. plants are like us a bit. Eh? It's 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 uh, when you're hungry, <laughs> you eat. When they're thirsty, you got to water them. And uh, and the only time, like when you get outside, we get into our summer. The irrigation and those drip systems can work really quite well if you have your pots out in full sun. But if you have them in shade, same thing. I always, they sometimes cause more grief than they're good, right? Right. Um, too much water, you can't take it away because once the soil gets saturated, it's very hard to dry out. 
if it dries out a bit and it wilts a bit, you can always add water. Right. If that makes sense. Thank you very much for your help. You're very welcome. And yeah, just uh, enjoy that color. Get them blooming. Text me a couple pictures when they're up and going and uh, enjoy that color and then put them outside in the spring and put them in the sunniest, warmest spot you got in your yard. Put And when you do plant them all together, plant them in a big cluster in, in that nice spot and then you'll get a nice spring show. Awesome. All right. Great. Okay, thank you. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye-bye. And David, he's talking about um, tulips, and a lot of people, I've had a few people text me and call in at the store asking about, um, can I plant tulips now? And tulips are called a fall bulb. Um, So tulips are like daffodils and those. And those we plant typically in September, October, when the ground's starting to cool off, and they give us those spring flowers. But we also have a whole other variety of spring bulbs, which we just got in, and those are the ones like gladiolas, dahlias, things like that, that you, you grow through the season, you grow them up until our first frost, and then typically you bring them in, let them dry out, store the bulbs in a cool, dark place, in a like a cardboard box. And I like to use... Um, store them with hemp um, or a cocoa moss, something like that. Um, I don't carry very, I carry very little peat moss in our store. I'm trying to get to um, products where they are renewable resource. And I've been trying this hemp sense and I've got three or four guys that are actually growing cannabis that have been using it. Not only can grow cannabis in it, it's just that I get more of those growers in right now um, coming into store. And I've given them a couple bags of the hemp sense to try. And again, great, great results with it. So it's, uh, it's, it's interesting to see. And I'd much rather start seeing the hemp sense in, in uh, what you might call it, in your soil and create a potting mix out of hemp than we can out of um, just the peat bogs and things like that. So it's just that, again, trying to find a renewable resource and doing a bit of research on it. And so far, it's been going pretty good. But right now, I'm going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Garden. No, I don't take one at the 20. No, not right now. Okay. You said to continue on. All right. I'm going to go to the phone lines and chat with John. Good morning, John. Well, I guess I'll have to do. <laughs> Thank uh, you. No, I wasn't too sure if I was going to take a break. I must have went a little bit past the 20. So um, anyways, how can I help I you, John? How are my you? My name is, oh, no, not John again. Yeah, no, no. Anyway, you must be lonely up at the top there this morning. Well, a little bit. No, it's yeah. just a little quieter, people. It's cold out. I think uh, everyone has a couple things on their mind right now, obviously, with everything that's going on. And, uh, yeah, we all just got a, tomorrow's going to be a different day again, right? Every day we wake up, it seems that something's changing a little bit, eh, John? Right. I was out disturbing my neighbors with that dreaded, uh, they call it the Florida leaf blower. <laughs> yeah. My backpack uh, snowblower. Oh, okay, yeah. But does a good job. Absolutely, when it's light, right? When the snow's nice and light, like the stuff we had yesterday, it works pretty good. Yeah, not as fluffy, but it really moved it. So now, you're, you're out doing your neighbor's yard? Uh, actually, not as much my neighbor's now as uh, cars. Oh, that's nice of you. a new neighbor, and she, uh, uh, I think, kind of likes to have her car cleaned off ready for work in the morning. So well, that's <laughs> nice of you. neighbors I look after that way. Plus some uh, friends over and where I do my exercise training. So, and, and not that I ever want to say, but John, you're what? How old are you? 
Uh, do you want to know? Yeah. 38. <laughs> Turn it around the other way, right? How do you know? Yeah. yeah, no, so you're 83, but you keep going, and you're out helping other people. So you're an inspiration to guys and people and gals and girls and boys and girls and men and all that. Um, if you see some of that, maybe, hey, shovel your walk, go the cover the neighbor's one, maybe blow their car off, like stuff like that. If you're like guy like John's out doing it, um, being a good neighbor, let's all uh, let's all be a John. Hey? Well, thank you. Yeah. I uh, don't shovel as much now because of heart condition. Yeah, no, I remember you were saying we had the pacemaker put in, right? Oh yeah, I did so. Yes, and that's still all going good, obviously. So that's awesome. And to keeping me checking. <laughs> that's <laughs> hey, John, but that's so. That's the main thing, right? We got to keep digging. <laughs> the uh, my question was yep. now. Now this hemp uh, moss that you have, yep. Uh, would it be? Could you use that rather than dirt to? Uh, yeah, then rather than soil. Yeah, it, it is. It's mixed right in. Like you, it, like most of the potting soils that you're buying are a soilless mix. They're not really any soil. They're made up of peat moss, vermiculite, um, perlite, things like that. And then they're oh. just added mineral. Most of it, or it's cocoa moss, cocoa core, like from the coconut tree. But this one I really like because it's. It's Canadian, like the, the obviously we're not growing coconuts here, so the cocoa core is also brought over all the way from Bangladesh. Um, so there's a whole lot of carbon involved in bringing it over. If we could get this hemp product, soil product, and create our own um, viable product within Canada with all our cannabis growers, they end up with this byproduct after they take out all the CBD and the, and the hemp that's growing around, they take out the CBD oil, take out all the beneficial oils, um, you're left with all this biomass product, right? And it's ground up and it's put into this pellet form, and it it's, works great as soil. I was just, just texting a bit back and forth with Dwight, who's uh, one of the growers that is uh, doing some testing for me. He just says it's a it's a lot heavier than re- regular like the potting soil, so you just have to be careful because it does it retains water a lot better. And I've used it for like that grass patch and yes. things like that. So you you mix your grass seed in. Actually, they're coming out with one this year where they have the seed mixed in. It just because it holds its moisture really well. So you just you have to be careful not to overwater with it. So we're just we're we're playing with a couple of things to see. Uh, I'm just giving advice back to the guys, the manufacturers, and seeing what we can do to to bring this on as a viable product because it it works great as a soil additive right now. You mix it in with your instead of peat moss, it works phenomenal because it holds moisture. It adds it in. It breaks down a lot slower than um, say peat moss. So. Hey, John, I know you didn't get to your question yet. I'm just going to put you on hold because we're at that break here, and uh, and then we'll come back and I'll get your question. All right? All right, going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening. Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Prune It Up, Calories Trusted, ISA Certified Tree Care Company. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. And I'm just going to go back to John, as he had a couple of questions. We were chatting about his uh, snow removal business that he's trying to start up. But uh, how you doing, John? <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I'm used, I guess, most of your services now. Yep. 
Yeah. No, you pretty much, you've had the pruned up guys out there. We've did some landscaping with you. Yeah. Uh, we we I give you your rub on the side. So yeah, we we uh, give you a little bit of grass fertilizer, stuff like that. Oh yeah. So awesome. Super that the the grass seed and the uh, fertilizer. Absolutely. Built everything right up. So what do you what do you what do you got going on the inside? He says it says plants well, mistreated. <laughs> this, is, this is where I, I'm doing some training, and they have a lot of plants around the the window area. Yeah. Uh, small pots, big pots, and someone, they water them quite often, I guess, and of course that washes away a lot of the dirt yes. around the roots, so the roots now uh, are kind of exposed, Yep. and I just wondered, would this uh, hemp uh, be of value there? Or Absolutely, you could you could actually put it on the top and just use it as a, like a, as a soil amendment. And just add it to the top of uh, of your soil on top of the pots, and it actually it looks kind of decorative. It kind of looks like a moss kind of oh. color, so it's kind of nice looking. So, absolutely, and it's going to hold moisture, and it does have a nitro. One thing I will say, like with the plants that I've seen grown in it, they are dark green because there is a there's a a good little uh, nitrogen portion um, to do with the hemp, so it's it's great. Yeah, I've been using your uh, thirty ten ten. Yep. Uh, diluted down to oh, gosh five liters for about uh, in the little cup about eleven, I think it is. And what uh, what are you using that on your house plants or the, uh, these uh, big plants around the windows where I'm doing my training? Yep. Yeah. yeah. No, they they that is a it's a decent one. You might want to switch. Depends if it's all foliage plants. The 30 is good because it, it, it's for the upper growth as well for nitrogen and stuff like that. But if there's any flowering, you maybe just switch to a, or a couple other ones, go to a 20, 20, 20. Uh, no flowers. No, yeah, no the foliage is the 30, 10, 10 works great for that and uh, gives you lots of growth up top. So, Okay. The hemp now, is that uh, that's big bags, is it? Or is it a- no, smaller bags. Um, they're, uh, I think they're 10 liter. Oh. Yeah. Well, that's not bad. Yeah. Okay, I'll have to get my snowplow out and come down and see you. <laughs> exactly. Well, it's supposed to warm up this week, so we're looking, we're looking better. So. Yes. All right. Be so safe. You don't have any bus service down there yet, do you? Actually, not quite there, but real close. Yeah. So no. not not quite yet, but uh, they're working on it. It's expanding quite quickly all around us. It's amazing. Like just to the west of us. We have five new housing communities going in, like Belmont, Yorkville, um, Sirocco, Hudson. It, it, it's it's changing quite quickly to the west of us. And obviously across the street with the legacy, um, there's a couple thousand homes across the way. And a, the big uh, retail development is going on just to the east of us, which is which is great. It's going to get a lot more people heading this way down McLeod Trail. So. It's good. Well, you're going to be in city limits pretty soon. Well, we've been in the city limits for well, since we bought it, like since in 2005 when we've been in the city limits. It goes out past where the where the teepees used to be. Yeah, that's the city limits are out that far. So, oh, yep. So we've been in the city for a while. So, look out, Okotoks. Yeah, I got my city tax bill, so I'm definitely in the city. <laughs> uh, okay, man. All right. Well, that's a great pleasure. Thank you very much. Yep. Thanks, John. Appreciate it. 
Take it over. Yeah, thanks, now. buddy. Bye-bye. All right. Always good to hear from John. And uh, he's definitely an inspiration to a lot of people out there, uh, young and old. He uh, gets us going. And when we get back, we have Brad the Birdman. So if you have any birding questions, uh, Brad's going to join us. We're going to talk a little bit of birding, what to do in this time of uh, this time of year, heading into spring. Phone lines are open, 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. We're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and I'm just going to, I got Brad on hold there, and I'm back. So I'm going to go to Judy first. If you'd like to join me, phone lines are open, 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. Good morning, Judy. Good morning. How can I help you? Um, I have, I live in Lethbridge. I have about five clematis plants. Um, They've been in for five five years, maybe three, some of them. Um, And I have them on a cinder cinder brick wall that goes north and south and faces west. Okay. I cannot get them do well at all because um, it's a little it's a, that's a very warm spot for them yes um so which they they do like the sun but you got to keep the roots cool yes i have put rocks down but yeah um, so yeah. i would even look at doing some a bit more like even putting um bark mulch down maybe plant a couple maybe a shrub or something in front of it a bit um to help block some of the sun just to keep the roots cooler uh-huh because um, that's the probably one of the biggest problems is this and this they build up the soil a bit may add some organic matter get some compost maybe some of that hemp scents in there uh, mix that into the soil then put a thicker layer of bark mulch in there just to, you gotta just keep it cooler and then I would look at either putting a, maybe a statue or a garden ornament a big fat garden gnome on there or something yeah, <laughs> just yeah. to block the sun out because that's a very hot spot you got that the those cinder block walls are really good for radiating the heat back. They hold the heat in as well. Yeah. So it's creating a, a great um, spot if you want to grow lots of other, like a kiwi vine, um, uh, Virginia creeper, Jack, like some of the other vines that you could get grown. Uh, hops would grow there. Um, but your, your clematis will do well there too. You just got to work a bit with the roots as well and then make sure you're feeding it. Cause typically area like soil in those type of spots has been fairly depleted, um, because it's been hot, dry, dusty. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so what you need to do is you need to fertilize it as well. So ten fifty two ten. um, as soon as the soil's, um, workable, right? Just when you start seeing the little the little green starting to come up around on the tree buds, start feeding that with ten fifty two ten or fifteen thirty fifteen once a week, and okay. uh, you should start. You'll see a lot a big difference this year. Yeah. Okay. Good. My other because I, I do have rocks in front of it, and, and it's a big flower bed. There's shrubs, yep. but I I wondered too. Maybe I should pull it away from that fence, like dig it up now yep. and pull it a foot away. Yeah, if it's is it right up against it? Yeah, I'd say six inches. Yeah, but are you getting lots of green foliage? Does it grow quite well? Um, not lots of green foliage, but it grows. Yeah, I would say if you want to move it back a bit, but I would just really more concentrate on um, just covering it up a bit, keep it a little bit moister, 
in that hot spot, it's going to need, because you, you got to remember when it starts sending up all that growth, it takes a lot of energy, right? It's going to need, like, not only um, it's producing a whole bunch of leaves, but if you want to get into the flower stage, you need to have the right nutrients. So that's where you need the phosphate. So you need that 15, 30, 15. Okay, that sounds good. All right. Um, the other question is, yep. um, my fence is like six feet tall, and then there's cedars on the other side of it, and they grow into the cedars, and that's no good. I can't see them. Can I cut them back like so they don't grow as tall? Yeah, no, if you want to just keep them so keep them lower, yes. When they sort of get to a certain height, you can just, just t- tip off the tops, absolutely. Okay. Great. Thank and then you, you should still get blooms down below, which will actually will help. So. Uh-huh. so you're saying let them grow to two feet or three feet and then hey, cut them? Or? No, I would get to let them go up higher. Like if you want to trim them a couple times, like when they first, if they're growing really quite quickly after we're doing this different stuff to them, just to slow them down a bit and thicken up. If they're just sending up one or two um, strings up, then definitely just trim them back. Okay. It's called pinching. Yeah, just when you get a new growth, you just pinch it off, and then it'll force it to do two or three at that point. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yes, it does. Awesome. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you so much, Judy. Bye-bye. All right. Right now I'm going to go, and uh, we'll see what's going on with Brad the Birdman. Good morning, Brad. Good morning, Merle. How are you? Good, good. So uh, the birds have kind of, we see them lots coming in, lots of the big uh, birds. not necessarily ones that you're going to see in your yard, but lots of the geese, a lot of the birds are starting to fly in. So what uh, what should we start seeing out there in the, in the birds, and what should we start feeding, um, if anything different than before? Uh, well, yeah, there's, like, even the swans are coming back um, already. Lots of geese, of course. A lot of the geese stay around all winter anyway. But uh, um, what I noticed this morning, just leaving for work in my alley up on the power lines, there was two robins sitting up there chirping away. So. Oh, really? Yeah, so you know, I've seen one at work here too. Um, but um, yeah, you know, spring's coming because the robins don't usually hit here until they're pretty comfortable. And- <laughs> yeah, I know they're a little more fair weather birds. So, but uh, maybe they looked at the forecast. Maybe it's going to be nice next week. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> so right now we're feeding. So a lot of the birds that'll be coming in. So they're, they're when they come here, there's not a lot to to eat. So what do we, what do we want to start giving the birds? Um. It's it's tough with those birds. Like you're, if you're talking the geese that eat grass and the swans, robins, but they know how to forage. They yeah, will forage I'm talking more of the plants. songbirds or the ones that we want to see in our yard and things like that. So yeah, still going with the, the with the the high oil concentrate. So the sunflower kernels, all your different seeds. We have a new seed mix in. I think we talked about last time. It's called tree nuts. Okay. So it's it's got all kinds of uh, good high protein nuts in it like brazil nuts and cashews and stuff like that birds love it and it uh, you'll notice if you're just feeding peanuts and you switch to the tree nuts you'll notice higher consumption and more birds for sure they absolutely love it they love more of the peanuts no they love nope. more of the the, the, the mix the high, yeah the mix so that's just sure. same when you, when you have people over at your house right and when you put out the real expense of the cashews and all the really good stuff the macadamia nuts they go quick yeah and the big gone. thing of peanuts that sits there still sitting there yeah with the lid still on <laughs> yeah so the, sure. so the birds are the same right if you're putting out the macadamia nuts they're after it yeah no awesome. it's funny you put a good mix in there and some people put a little bit a few almonds in the mix yeah um, one of our old 
one of our old suppliers we don't deal with anymore put too many almonds in and you'd notice the birds get smart because they would strip a feeder right down and the only thing left in the bottom would be the almonds. Oh, really? And yeah. why is that? Just because it's harder for them to eat or just they don't it's like them? The, they don't like them, the flavor. There's I no it's not really natural, I guess, for here, right? I guess I guess yeah. a lot of stuff aren't isn't that natural for here for as far as the nuts, besides nope. maybe uh, the sunflower kernels, things like that, that grow here. For sure. But it's more the flavor and stuff like that. And they will eat them. If you leave only almonds there, eventually they'll eat them, but they know that... The feed is going to be filled again, and they wait for the good stuff. No, absolutely. And uh, and I, obviously when we get a little bit of water here, um, warmer, a little bit of water, and even on days like this, if you can try and get some fresh water out for them here and there, um, wherever sure. possible, if you have a heated bird bath of some sort, will definitely yeah. help. Yeah, no, they need the water still now. That's Everyone thinks, oh, it'll just freeze, but it's no different than your dog dish outside. You knock the ice out and put fresh water in every day for your dog. I would do the same for the birds. And if, if you have a bird bath feeder, awesome. Um, but if not, yeah, try and get fresh water out for them as much as you can, close to the feeder. Yeah, and uh, and we are trying, uh, as far as bird baths, once it warms up a bit here in the sun, we get a lot of people asking about solar bird bath fountains. Um, so we have one, and we're just trying it. So hopefully when it gets warmer, we can get out, um, put it out in the sun and see if we can get, uh, see how it works. Because in the past, they haven't been that great. Like, they kind of just a little yeah. bit of a uh, a very <laughs> very yeah. low low pump. So hopefully these new ones will, will give us a little bit of more action. Because the birds don't mind that either. They don't mind a little bit of movement in the water. Um, but one one of the water features that we do, and I, I know the one out front of the store, when it warmed up there last week, it started going again. Because um, we still have the, we, I always leave the pump in them too. This those big basalt rock fountains. Yeah, the gurglers. Yeah, yeah, and the birds love sitting on top because they can sit on top of the rock, and when the water just is come up, they just sit there and just drink the water. So those are great bird feeders or bird waterers as well. So yeah, no, for sure. And also, once we warm up, um, we get a product in color. They're just they're called a wiggler. Yep. And all it is, you get the solar, you put it in in your bird bath or whatever and it keeps the water moving and then it prevents mosquitoes from laying eggs that's the biggest thing you want is to keep the water flowing and then mosquitoes will go to still water eh? still water for sure yeah all right all right brad well thanks for calling in and uh i gotta take a quick break you're listening to let's talk gardening on 770 chqr Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs, and I'm going to go to the phone lines. <clears throat> Clear my throat there for a second. Um, and speak with Jamie. Good morning, Jamie. Good morning. How can I help you? Uh, I'm just wondering if you could talk about that pure spray green one more time. I'm thinking of using it in the house, but I'm a little worried about um, chemicals and asthma and stuff like that. Yeah, actually, it's a, it's a pharmaceutical-grade mineral oil. And it's a great, it's probably, I call it the replacement for the neem oil since they took it off the market for us here in Canada. Uh, neem oil was a very beneficial um, insecticide fungicide. And pure spray green is a, a same thing. It's a fungicide and, a, and an insecticide. The only thing, it doesn't say fungicide on the label as no one, they, we have to pay the government another million, I don't have to, but whoever, Pierce Bay Green would have to pay the government another million dollars to register it as a fungicide, but it does have those characteristics. But it's, it's great. oil, so it's, yeah, it's, it's perfectly a, safe? Or? Uh, yeah, it, it's not, 
with all with everything, you got to be careful a little bit, right? But it is yeah. very safe. It's not a it's not a derived chemical where it's killing things. It more it's suffocating things. It it works as an oil based. Um, it it's it's a great product. Um, a nice thing is you can leave it on if you're using it outside on your plants too, like with a lot of the dormant oil on your trees, things like that. When you use that in the spring, you have to rinse it off. Otherwise, it'll suffocate your plants. The pure spray green won't. So it works really, really quite well. It works great on aphids, spider mites, um, fungus gnats. A lot of those ones that are those top 10, um, okay. they were, it works really well on that. So it's one that I, like I said, high, if I have a, three or four things in my arsenal, pure spray green's definitely one of them, um, 15, 30, 15, and 20, 20, 20. And then for the lawn, I'd put the green up out there. And then you don't need a lot. Like I said, those ones will get you pretty well covered for the most part because okay. it has that fungicide. And we've used it when we get the powdery mildew in the tree lot once in a while. If something gets a little bit too wet, um, we'll use it. It just clears it right up. So. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So just again, read the read the directions. Be careful. Wear gloves. But it's it's as far as the thing, I would put it in the top one per, like top one percent of being safe. Like it's very it's awesome. So okay. All right. That's great. Thanks so much. Thanks, Jamie. Bye bye. All right, and I'm gonna go <laughs> to Vernon and uh, Lynn. She did something with her hydrangea. Good morning, Lynn. Yes, hi Merle. Uh, thank you for your program. It's very informative. No, and thanks um, for, for thanks for listening from Vernon. I know we have Carolyn out there in Vernon as well. Okay. Yes, um, I am a native Calgarian, uh, but moved here a couple of years ago to retire, and um, I have this lovely uh, vanilla strawberry hydrangea yep. or ornamental little tree yep. that I bought last year and uh, in the fall. Um, I took, I trimmed off all the beautiful uh, blooming flowers that yep. were on it, thinking I was supposed to cut them off for the winter. And now I'm wondering if I did the wrong thing. No, no, you're fine. A lot of times, a lot of people, you can cut those off and just enjoy them as a dried flower. I, I know my wife, Carolyn, I have a ton of uh, Annabelles and that in front of our house. Okay. And my wife, we like, honestly, I probably had 500 blooms. And we cut them off and dried them. It, that that's totally fine. That actually will help. It's as long as you, those don't need to be taken right down to the ground. So if you just pruned off the flowers, you're totally yeah. fine. Absolutely. Okay, and then just to now in the spring fertilize. Fertilize uh, with a fifteen thirty fifteen. You're okay. looking for some a high mill number out there, and uh, that'll be perfect. And a high and keep, number. yeah. Okay. And if it's in full sun, just make sure the second year if you plant it in the fall, um, make sure you get well watered in first thing in the spring. Okay, very good. All right. Thanks thanks again for your uh, for your help. Absolutely. No, love doing it and uh and thanks for listening. Okay, thank you. All My right, bye-bye. All bye-bye. right. And uh that's it uh, for me for this week. Be careful out there. As you heard, wash your hands, be careful, be respectful to everybody. Let's all get through this together. And uh until next week, that's it for Let's Talk Gardening here on 770 CHQR.